0: Now, you talk about football, you talk about names that people would instantly recall. If you've been involved with West Australian football at all over the journey, you would know the name Jack Shooty, who sadly passed away yesterday. He was known as Mr Football. There's been a few that have been called Mr Football, but he was here in the West. Obviously, he cut his teeth with East Fremantle, 173 games, but a lot of people remember him. For his work with East Perth between 1956 and 1962, they had a lot of success.
1: Absolutely, and look, I was I was uh, wasn't born till 68, but we used to come up from the farm. We used to stay at the Trade Winds Hotel, and my understanding was uh, Jack was actually running uh, that particular establishment, and uh, you know a lot of people that came from the bush used to stay at that particular place.
0: He uh, represented his country, and he also. Was a very major player in racing here in Western Australia, a man that knew him well, no doubt had an influence on him as a young bloke, would have been Mel Brown. And he joins us this morning. Mel, sad day? Yeah, it is a sad day. I heard
2: that he um, hasn't been too well lately. And uh, in fact, I'm in Perth and I didn't I'll go back on the weekend. But I, yeah, I got told he wasn't travelling too well. I didn't want to go and see him the way uh, that he was battling. Uh, I did in June and um, at 90... Six or something or thereabouts, he was an absolute, as you, you gave a terrific description of his life, he put a lot into racing, he was marvellous at East Shumattle. Um I think he was involved in two premierships there and he was involved in three at East Perth and he missed a six, I think it was a 1957 grand final because he hit Trizzy Lawrence, uh, one of his former teammates <laughs> and got suspended Yeah. At East Shermantle on that particular game but Oh, Cheedy was a legend. He was a fan. He was tough. He was vicious. The most beautiful drop dropkick either feet. Um, he could hand. He most probably was the instigator of the, the handball with Polly and them. Uh, but he was just a, a, a terrific bloke to see. I mean, if you've you gone through the list of players that he's coached, I mean, it, it is just... Uh, anyway, Gail and Beverly, these girls, I, I'm just so sad. He's just a, I love the bloke.
0: You look at uh, people that have an impact on on our society. He was one. And you you also look at the way that he played. He wasn't a big man, but he was an enforcer. And for his size, he certainly punched above his weight.
2: (laughs) Well, see, people always remember those sort of things back in our day. But in our day, when West Perth played East Perth, it was uh, like the Ukraine-Russia war. I mean, uh, it it was war. I mean, the whole Monday changed. The whole. Uh, if you didn't win on the Saturday, it had an effect on the whole suburb and the whole mentality. But Jack was very tough, but he was also very kind, and he's very. Te- he was a great teacher, and he's a great. Uh, um, he, he was very practical, and he let people make a mistake uh, in their life and uh, and gave them chances. I mean, if you look at the people that came through his era, uh, whether it be uh, farmer Chadwick or McGillway, Mel Atwell Apple who coached three. Uh, premierships for Perth, Laurie Kennedy, Donnie Langdon, who was a marvelous player, Nettie Bull, Velos, uh, Ray Perry, Moses, uh, Ray Giblett coached, Neil Hawke. People forget, you know, he came over and uh, Paul Seal, Jack Hunt. Uh, I think Johnny Warfield's father, Tommy Everett, who came I mean, he was just he was just so respected and so good tactically, but and he loved the beer and he loved the bet. And he loved the, he loved a good time, and he was a, a, a publican at the Savoy, and as Carl said at the Trade Winds as well, but uh, and uh, at the Charles I think as well, if my memory's right. And he was, he was just a, a bloody good bloke. And when a lot of people pass away, they become better he was a good person when he was alive
1: hey Brownie you played under sheeds what, what was he like as a coach did, did he turn you into the mongrel that you became on the field because <laughs> uh, he was bloody tough
2: Oh <laughs> well, most probably he was most probably stricter on you than, uh, than he was on himself as most probably I was stricter on players than I was on myself but he I mean if, if you look if you just looked at his attitude, one of the great traits between some of the modern-day coaches that have had some success is they thought if you kick 13 goals and keep the opposition to 12, you win. We see, and uh, most of the people in our areas like to kick, uh, like to see scores kicked on the board. And it's interesting now that when the game gets close and you're three behind in the last quarter, you, you kick down the middle, and now it's called a corridor, or kick in the guts in those days, and you kicked over the line in front, and he loved free flowing he was he lets you play to your your God given skills and tried to hone them into the team.
0: You would have uh, you played under him when you won your your sandover. It was because of him or was it just your natural ability, Malcolm?
2: <laughs> Mate, I'm the luckiest man that's ever played footy. I got coached by Clive Lewington as a kid. a sneak out of Scotch College to Coburn, then Austin or an Austin Robertson senior. Uh, then I had uh, Sheedy, I had Kevin Murray and I had Derek Chadwick. So I was a pretty lucky fella. Yeah.
1: Uh, the pressure to captain coach, now, we, we don't see it anymore, right? And and probably Jared Neesham was probably one of the last to do it, I reckon, to, to act to actually captain coach. But uh it it was it was pretty much commonplace back in the early days, wasn't
2: it? Yeah, it was. And uh, you know, if if I'm truthful with myself, I'd most probably say that being appointed so young at East Perth was a negative because you think of if you're a team person, you're always sort of the team. And you, by the time you spent all the time with the team, you most probably didn't fix yourself as fanatically fit as you could if you are just a player and just playing the game. But I think it does teach you a lot of things, though, that like Jack did, you know, uh, coaching, the only time a player really needs you is when he can't get a kick or he's got problems at home or he's got... Uh, other issues of job problems. And most blokes just played on their God-given ability and with their natural flair. And then we used to try and concentrate on the second and third effort and things like that, which weren't uh, basically played in positions in those days so, to a lot of degree. So so the games changed, but it was it still has to get the ball and Judy could get the ball. And, uh, I mean, to play 338 games and had a run with South, South Melbourne and he's also, people forget he was in the Navy. Yep. I mean, he had a pretty full life. Every time I come over, I'd go and see him rocking and and they'd sit on the front the bench and we'd have a gossip and he was deafer than me. And between us, we were both I think the girls wondered what the hell was going on. <laughs> the neighbours would have.
0: Hey, Mel, always good to hear your voice. It's a sad day, but we remember him fondly, Jack City. We appreciate your tribute.
2: Mate, there's a lot of people they say are champions.
0: For Jack Sheedy, is he was indeed. He was a great champion. There's no doubt about that. Thanks, Mel. Good on your Mel Brown, legendary. Football figure himself.
1: Australian Football Hall of Fame inductee in 2001, Jack Sheedy. Fremantle Football Hall of Legends inductee in 1995. West Australian Football Hall of Fame inductee in 2004. West Australian Football Hall of Fame legend in 2005. And we could go on about the accolades. Uh, East Fremantle Premiership side, 1943-46. Sydney Naval Premiership side in 1944. And, of course, he captain coached East Perth when yep. he transitioned across there from 56 to 61.
0: Vale Mr. Football, it's 26